Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. I'm going to tell you something happened yesterday. There's a trade yesterday between the Utah Jazz and the Brooklyn Nets. It's a very strange trade. Very strange trade. You really have to be a Jazz or a Nets fan to even know what I'm talking about right now. Okay. I don't even know if I'm you guys know what I'm talking about. I have yeah, both I've, I've, I've uh, been notifications uh-huh. right They traded Royce O'Neal, who is a role-playing yeah. three-point defensive shooter. Why would the Jazz do that? Why would the Jazz, who have two stars on their roster, mm-hmm. Take a player who's one of their starters and best defensive players and trade him in a salary dumping move. Why would they do that? Open what? space to try to win Kevin? No. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future. Here comes Luca. Welcome. This is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast that is going to tell you something happened yesterday. There was a very strange signing. You really have to be a Mavericks or a Knicks fan to know what I mean. Why would the Knicks do that? It was a very strange signing. I'm Tim Cato. I write and talk about the Mavericks. Uh, We got Oscar Gurria and Dave DeFore. Um, Shout out Brian Winhorst. Just, I'm. I still can't. I, I can't. I can't stop thinking about that. Uh, that two minutes of uh, a video uh, from this morning, uh, that was proven very correct. But hey, we're not here to talk about one of the most um, future-facing deal. Like I think Minnesota knows that the apocalypse is coming, and so they're like, we don't need these first-round picks. But we're not here to talk about Rudy Gobert being traded. We are here to talk about Jalen Brunson officially signing with the New York Knicks. Not giving and then not giving a meeting to the Mavericks in the process. And what that means to Dallas, who like very, was very explicit. They entered the season saying, this is our main target. This is our main priority. I want to start with just what Jalen Brunson meant to the Mavericks and what Dallas is losing by not having him on the roster. Dave, Austin, I feel like you guys are guys who can help me understand. You're dudes. You're dudes who can help me understand what are the Mavericks losing by not having 
a player who was their second leading scorer, you know, the the closest they had to a co-star to Luka Doncic. But, you know, maybe not quite the co-star they've envisioned. What do, what do they lose and and how do they go forward without this player on their team? I mean, they're they're losing a really high level of consistency. I think Brunson more than anything is consistent and his production level just raised each year and he reached a point in the playoffs where you could just rely on him for 18 to 22 every single game. He's going to play every single game. He's going to play hard. You just don't you don't have to worry about him. He's what you would call a, a great employee, someone who you just put out there and you just don't ever really worry about him and he's going to improve every single season and they were going they were supposed to have him for the next 5 years and now they have to fill that that hole in the lineup. It's kind of funny how I've talked about him and Luca have some similarities. Like they're kind of both floor players, right? Like Luca does have games where he goes for 45. Not really though. Like Luca's going to give you between this and this and this and that. And this and that are not that far apart. You know, I'm I'm making the whole motion. Dave, you you see you see explain the motions I'm making on my camera right yeah, now. Yeah. They're <laughs> They are what you would call a high floor, right? Although Luca has a high ceiling and a much higher ceiling than than Jalen Brunson, I, I think well, that's well, the way he has I, a floor where most ceilings are, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and Jalen Brunson is a, he is a high floor player, and we saw him play out of his mind ish in in a heavier role in that series against Utah. So we kind of got a, a picture of what it would look like if he was the lead initiator. Uh, for for a team, um, he's a guy who can get into the paint, and those guys have value, and especially if you can finish in the paint. And, and you know he proved to be able to do that, shooting in the mid range and the three ball developed the last few years. Just having another guy who can catch the ball and attack, and then make a decision. You lost one of those guys. That they they don't grow on trees, right? It's the not only can he score, but he can also do something and then make a decision. This team doesn't have a ton of that. You know, you, you he, get a he, couple. I think Dorian Finney-Smith is coming along that way where he can attack a closeout and then make the next pass. But he's not doing it off the dribble the way Jalen was able to do. And and honestly, he worked so well next to Luka because he was able to do that. Luka's gravity really opened up the floor for Jalen Brunson to be able to find other guys. So, um Replacing that production uh, is going to be difficult, especially those guys aren't out there right now. So he wasn't a first step. He wasn't a first step burst of quickness get into the paint. And this is why I've pointed to the similarities between him and Luca. Again, Mm -hmm. I I said this on on the podcast earlier this week. I don't think it's good that Jalen Brunson left the Mavericks for nothing. I do not think that's a good overall things. I think I think it is. something they can overcome. I, I don't think it's uh catastrophic, but if, if you're looking at a way that there is positives here, it's that he fit really well next to Luca, but he wasn't necessarily a compliment to Luca. If that makes sense, you know, like, like he was a, he was a facsimile of Luca. He was someone who, when Luca wasn't there or when Luca was on the other side of the floor, he would continue what Luca did. And the idea is that Luca is going to be so overwhelming and so dominant as he continues to grow and get better that maybe what you need is a compliment to him. In some ways, Spencer Dinwiddie is more of a compliment, somebody who is more of a uh, player who 
accentuates what Luca does well and provides something else than Jalen Brunson ever did. Again, I don't think it's good, but if, if you could make a case that the specific type of player Brunson was is is someone that was the teeniest bit redundant, it's just going to be really hard to find players like that again, like you said. Yeah, I mean, look, he is a, he is a better than a marginal starter, right in in the league, right? But um, I just I don't know, man. It's a lot of money for Jalen Brunson. Maybe maybe another way to say this is that if you could find somebody at Jalen's exact talent level, yeah, you might consider swapping them out. Sure, and say this guy actually complements what Luca does so well better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the problem is that they lost. A very talented player for nothing. For nothing, and right? That's what's difficult. The to nothing is I guess the that's har- what I'm getting at. The yeah. nothing is the is the hardest part. It's not necessarily the the Brunson loss. It's the right. Just getting nothing back is tough. You lost a a better than rotation piece. You lost your second best player, really, uh, especially if we're talking offense, and you got nothing. So you got worse. Yeah, it and it's a team that does not have assets that really could not afford to lose a player for nothing. And that's, I think that's the rule loss is that they could have, if they decided, Hey, we like Spencer better, or we found another guard that we think complements Luca better that allows him to have a little more optionality going forward, but just developing a guy for four years to the point where he can get an extension and then just losing him for nothing is pretty rare in the NBA. I can't think of the last team to draft a guy and then at the end of his rookie contract, he leaves for a $100 million contract for nothing. I'm not even sure there's an actual corollary to that in the NBA. So it's it's a pretty big blow to your team building uh, to lose Brunson, even if you think that you can replace his production um, going forward. It's because it's th- they needed that piece going forward to, to really build toward the championship team. I don't want to dwell forever on why Brunson left. Uh, the truth is we don't know for certain. It's possible we never know for certain. You know, I liked what Mike Pellucci said on the podcast a couple days ago, uh, essentially being like, you know, maybe only Brunson knows why he left and it's not Brunson's responsibility or, you know, it's not his. He he doesn't have to tell us. Uh, that said, it's, it's very clear there are two sides of the story. You know, uh, the Brunson camp. Uh, has used sourcing to say that the Mavericks offered much less money annually. That it was just very clear. If the Mavericks weren't going to bring an offer that was competitive or useful to the table, he wasn't going to sign there. The Mavericks side, using the same thing, these are things I've, I've heard to a degree from team sourcing as well, say that they never had a chance. That Brunson was always headed to the Knicks that it it didn't matter what they offered. In fact, they didn't get a chance to offer. I I do find it a little hard to believe that the Mavericks never had an opportunity to, you know, like like that that Brunson's camp didn't have an idea of what the Mavericks were going to offer. But at the same time, it doesn't matter if they're right. If the Mavericks and what they're saying is correct, then it, it, you know, a meeting, it doesn't matter. You know, if he's going to New York, why would they take a meeting? In fact, it was it's strange to me. This is this is a very strange thing. I'm going to go full Windhorst. It's very odd to me. It's very odd to me that a meeting was offered. And you think you would think that it might be to avoid tampering charges. 
And yet, when it came down to it, in the hours before, Brunson's camp retracted that meeting. What could that mean? But seriously, Austin, Dave, what, what, like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I'm, 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 I'm Ruth Windhorst. Like, turn me into a meme. I don't uh, know, I, man. I, I, Maybe, it's weird, right? I don't know. It's and weird. then, and then they announced that the Knicks meeting is happening, and it seems to me like this is some tampering. CYA. Okay, like, I don't know, man. I. Yeah, I don't want to get too they, into what, who is carrying thing. water. We're doing That's PR. Get me in trouble, but yeah, we're doing right. PR. And, there was a lot of PR happening. And then they announced that the Heat were a dark horse team, and that kind of just felt like a huge smokescreen to make it feel like there was an actual good faith effort to go look for offers when free agency actually started. Well, good faith like, is doing a lot of work there. But good yeah, faith no, is doing I, a I lot know of what work. You mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure a lot of the things happened here were, were in good faith. It was it was very strange. It's a big agency. They're the biggest agency in the world. And they put their they put their full might behind citing Jalen Brunson. Here, I'll say this. And then we can move on and, and actually talk about a player the Mavericks did sign. It's weird to me, and I think every Mavericks fan can agree with this, that we have come to know who Jalen Brunson is, right? It's it's very clear that we, you know, like you're a fan of a team and you're a fan of the players on the team. You get to know those players. That's the cool thing about sports. And it's a cool thing about the way sports are presented is that it's not just moving pixels on a screen is that, you know, honestly, the entire point of sports journalism, sports media, sports television, uh, podcasts, uh, social media. This is all meant to build up humans, you know, not just stats, not just stats on a screen, not just, you know, a play by play uh, box score where this player is better than the others. No, you get to know what Luka Doncic is all about. You get to know who Jalen Brunson is all about. And it's very clear to me that Jalen Brunson does not seem like somebody who would look at the Mavericks and say, haha, sucks for y'all. I'm out. Um, I, I think everything we've learned about him over the past years has indicated that that's not who he is, that um, even to an extent, it doesn't seem like, you know, just being in the location and situation where he can get the most numerical stats is what drives him, right? Yeah. And, and no. so... Well, it, it pretty just, clear it, this is a relationship signing, right? I mean, it, the, so, the well, money helps. It's a lot of money. Right. But the relationship part matters. And, and the more we all dance around it, the I think, honestly, like, the goofier we seem. Because everybody's in on it, except for us. And, and at this point, it's they hired his dad. You know, you've got the agent connection, the CAA thing. I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. It, it's, um, it's so it's either that, either those factored into Jalen's decision to the point that he was only ever going to sign for New York for a, like a, just a mess of different, uh, you know, influences and decisions and reasons that all kind of built on each other that just made his decision simple, that it didn't really matter what the Mavericks did, whether they offered something, whether they didn't offer something he was going to New York. It's either that or it's that the Mavericks didn't offer the money and it was always just the logical decision to go to New York. Those are really the only two outcomes. Is that fair? That And that's the money part of the equation is the missing part of it for, for me, right? The, the other stuff just seems obvious. The next right. part of it, I get. I totally get it. The relationship. 
And, and I'll tell you, a lot you, of money, you know, the role. Maverick sources have been very clear to me that the the numbers that are being thrown out there of what they're offering did not come from them, because they're like we didn't get a meeting with him. Like, like they they were like, this is when we were going to present what and we the Mavericks to do just and, would never tamper, right? To put the to right, put that right, information right, yeah, yeah. out in the world, they, they would never. I mean, tamper. it's every other team, right? They would never, yeah, I mean, it, right, right, right. I mean, it's 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 like, um, I mean, that said, if if you're an agent trying to get the most money for your client, and a you know, we're just talking in a complete vacuum here. Why would you not want to drive up the price as much as you can? Agreed. And so either either there was a lot going on that we may or may not ever understand, or the Mavericks offer was under. Because otherwise you would take that you would take the meeting with the Mavericks to drive up the price if it's in the agent's own interest to maximize the earnings for a client. But I, this is this. I, I assure you, the, that last part is not sourced. I am just trying to make logical sense of the series of events, the timeline of what we saw happen and how it unfolded. And th- there is something. There is something that happened there. There is something that can be pointed to, and I would love to tell you what it is if I'm able. You know, if I'm able to definitively say for sure. But hey, man, Jalen Brunson is not a maverick probably won't be a maverick he certainly won't be in the next four years and uh that's just the reality and that's where the mavericks as as far as it pertains to the dallas mavericks jalen brunson is a nick and uh he's a worry for this team twice a year looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. What about JaVale McGee? Ooh. Hey, the vibes yeah. are right. Replace some of the vibes that they lost, man. I think next season he's going to be an elite vibes guy. I'm not going to go yeah. as far as immaculate too soon. But I do think he's going to be a great vibes guy next year. I, I love his on-court fit. We can talk about his contract in a second. What do you, 
What do y'all think about the idea that has been floated that he's going to be the starting center with Christian Wood at four, though? That, that, I mean, if we're talking vibes, that, that, as, as much as I think JaVale is going to be loved in Dallas, like he's a funky, weird player who has matured in just the right ways over the past few years that I really like what he does as a player. Like he is, a, they said they wanted rim protection. He's a rim protector. He's, He's not just a like he's a rim protector. He's not just shot blocker. He is a rim protector. He is a deterrent. He is somebody who scares guards from shooting layups. That's important. That's that's a player that they haven't had on the roster. I really like him in that context. I'm not sure what to think about him with Christian Wood next to him, though. That that was a little strange to me. At him starting on his own, if he just came in and just replaced Dwight Powell and that those are the minutes that he's taking, that would be an upgrade to me. I think that's he provides some defense and rebounding that Dwight doesn't provide and while still doing most of the rolling and re- lob threat that, that Dwight provides. But playing next to Christian Wood feels a little clunky. It kind of feels like they promised it to him so that they could get him to sign here and they'll do it for 15 to 20 games just long enough for him to see that it's not going to work. And then they'll go back to the way that they played just like they started KP and Dwight Powell last year. I think it's it's going to be more of a uh, uh, kind of like a, not a nominal, but like a metaphorical starting you know he's not gonna he, that's they're not gonna play together the any point time at all. it's gonna be the Keith yeah. Bogans but with the season instead of just the start of the game they, they're I don't know man it might work because JaVale is really good he's a smart player which is such a funny thing to say about JaVale McGee because some of his some of his blunders I mean remember like they used to make fun of him right like he, he would do some boneheaded stuff but truth is He's a creative player, and that's how some of that boneheaded stuff happened, right? He's, like, looking for for angles and, and, and things uh, of that nature. Um, he also has experience. Crap Rangoon. You know, he's got experience with Jason Kidd as a coach, and and maybe there's something to that. Um, I, I don't I don't know. Um, I don't love the contract that they gave him, but I love the signing. So I don't really care about uh, rich people's money. So on the basketball court, I think it works out okay until you start saying that you're going to start him next to Christian Wood. And so um, I worry about Christian Wood guarding on the perimeter. Uh, I mean, I Isn't worry about Christian Wood guarding anyway, but on the perimeter, Dave, I, I, I do have Theoretically, concern. if you were to look at Christian Wood and say, if you were to maximize what he can do defensively. So I know the numbers are not great in Houston when he's starting next to a, a big but he does seem like someone who's a little better, you know, like I, I feel like what he isn't is a is a rim protector. He's not a deterrent. Definitely not. He's someone he's someone who who, who is athletic enough to move his feet a little bit. Not not a switch out onto a, a fast point guard guy. But I, I, I guess I see the vision in that way. What I worry about is just that the Mavericks are going away from what worked. What brought them to the conference finals was one big and a bunch of wings, a bunch of tall guys, is 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 kind of going to this too big approach the right move? Uh, here's the here's the worry that you have to have. You got two guys that can't guard on the perimeter, and matchup hunting is. I mean, we saw we watched the playoffs, right? This is just what teams do in the playoffs, and now you're going to have two guys out there theoretically, which I I don't. I'm, I'm with Austin. I don't think this is going to last. But theoretically, you'd have two guys that you could target on the perimeter. Now, I don't know. It, it may be okay, and and 
Bullock and even Luca and and Dorian Finney-Smith are they're all pretty good at switching. So maybe you're you're not dead in the water out there, but I will say this, the Mavericks are big as hell, man. They that's some like that's like real size. Um so I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming there's probably a trade coming. We'll, we'll see what what happens, you know, cuz they've they've got moves to make. Um so we'll see what comes down the, you know, onto the roster otherwise, but man, they are big. And that's so, how Kid played in in LA. He wanted right, to play right. big and he he built a really good defense with lots of size. And so maybe he wants to try that again and maybe not try that again, but just have it as an option, something that they can go to. Because I do think at the end of the day, they're going to be playing Maxi at the five. Well, maybe, but also I, I will say this because you got my, you know, got my mind going a little bit there. You're right. Cause he, he was running that defense in LA. And if you think about the way that he used Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James, now these, these two fantastic backline help guys, they were both able to help on the back line. So maybe Wood is able to do a little bit of back line help. You've got JaVale there who knows what he's doing. You've got Maxie who, who will be in the rotation and knows what he's doing. Maybe it works out and you have a defense that if you run into one of these bigger teams, you're able to, to hang with. Although I still think when you look at, when you look at the playoffs and what just happened and in particular for this team, running out, Two bigs just feels like you're going backwards. So I, I don't, I'm not quite sure. Um, you, you got a good player. I just don't know exactly if it's going to work out for 2022. I, I think looking at the Warrior series and thinking Kevon Looney is the reason they lost is the wrong takeaway. I would say that they could also be looking at Cleveland, and maybe you'll see a little maxi at the three, and they'll they'll mess around with some very crazy lineups that will. Give them a little, not not a lot. Don't but do just, this to yourself. Don't do this with all those big wings and guards. If there, if Maxi plays any three, people should start asking for their season ticket money back. I mean, <laughs> the only the seriously thing, wrong. I so I I'm not sure I'm not signing off on this idea. But the one thing I'll say in Austin's uh, defense is that nico was pretty clear like he he was like we want a wing you know we want a backup wing uh he did talk about size and shot blocking and rebounding and they definitely got rebounding in christian wood and they doubled down on that with with mcgee but you know if he he's not a he's not a donnie nelson type you know right. what when he says stuff definitively he's he's shooting straight from the hip and i guess if they're not going to end up with a wing and We'll close this podcast talking about what might happen very briefly. But if they don't get a wing, if they don't have someone who can, you know, kind of rotate in with uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, then I I guess the answer is that you go big. You know, you have more two big lineups. And I don't know if, again, I I don't think that's learning the right lessons from the reasons the Mavericks lost in the postseason. But I will say that that it's, it's at least something that can mitigate just how heavily the Mavericks relied on their their two, you know, kind of Swiss Army knife three uh, and D wings throughout the entire postseason run. It's at least an idea. It's at least something that for four minutes to start the fourth quarter, or you know, to start the second quarter, to start the fourth quarter, you can at least say, "All right, we've got to rest our wings." The solution is that we're going to go big. Um, again, I'm. 
let's let's just see how it plays out. You know, where it's it's a little too soon to do really deep analysis onto the roster and and what's going to happen there. You know, yeah, we got to see the possible. summer league guys first. Yeah, it's very possible that Dwight Powell isn't on the roster in a week, in a month, in t- tomorrow, for all we know. And that's why I don't want to talk about this very long. But I would be surprised if the Mavericks aren't really trying to get involved or maybe get involved is a little too strong. I don't think the Mavericks feel like they have to change the roster from now to the season starting. I do think that they are very open to getting involved in a trade, whether it's as a third team or whether it's for a player who's just kind of hanging out out there unwanted by his team who they (laughs) can trade expiring contracts for. I I would be pretty surprised if the Mavericks weren't at least poking around, seeing if some combination of of Tim Hardaway Jr., Dwight Powell, Davis Bertans, um, you know, maybe even players beyond that, would bring back someone they think makes their roster better. I do not believe the Mavericks are interested in salary dumping right now. I don't think that's anything that they feel they need to do right now. I, I do think that they're at least poking around, seeing if there's something that would make sense for their roster because otherwise I do think it's probably possibly Goran Dragic as the 15th man because they have 14 people under contract right now, but it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I would, I don't know what the odds are. You know, it might not even be 50, 50, you know, it might be less likely than more likely the Mavericks uh, make a trade at this point, but I, I would be, I would be stunned if the Mavericks aren't continuing to work the phones and will continue to be working the phones just to see if there's something out there. And it would make sense just because having four big men, even if you plan to go big a little bit more, there's not that many minutes for Christian Wood, for JaVel McGee, for Maxi Kleba, and for Dwight Powell. There's just not like they don't they don't have enough room for that that foursome to all get minutes that are reciprocal to what they should be getting in the regular season. And so that's a question that I have. And I guess we'll see what happens there. But briefly, what do you guys think is remaining for this offseason? And then we're going to get out of here. Well, I mean, I would love to see them get KD somehow, but I haven't looked at the roster to figure out how that would work. Um, I mean, I think Tim Hardaway and and Spencer Dinwiddie would, would get it done from a money perspective. I, I just don't think they have the draft picks. But that, I mean, I would love to see something like that happen. Um, but barring that, I don't know. Uh, it feels like nothing is happening until the KD move happens, if if that makes sense. Unless you know you count the Rudy Gobert trade, which I don't think um, Utah or Minnesota felt like they had a legit chance at convincing KD to show up. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird few days. I'm just rooting for the weekend to survive a KD trade. Wait until the fifth of July. That's what I think is gonna happen. KD did it on the 4th of July last time. He ruined everyone's holiday. <laughs> but once so once KD gets moved though, things will start to shake out a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like you you may see a guy like Joe Harris is available once KD gets moved. It, it, this is all very I think up in the air uh, until that gets settled. So, unless Dallas is going to get in on that somehow, which uh, feels unrealistic, um yeah, I think it's going to be a wait. Like everybody else, we're all waiting to see where KD's going to go. Yeah, and I I do think they have one trade in them. I think Powell's not going to end up on the opening day roster. And I'm not sure if it's going to be a a big swing or if it's a a smaller deal where a team is trying to get off a player and they can use Powell's expiring and combine it with 
Bartens or, or Hardaway. I mean, if you really want to get creative and you want to get off some money, you can uh, <laughs> you can send Hardaway and Bertens or Spencer and Bertens back to the Nets and bring in Kyrie and you make a talent upgrade and you get off money. But I, I don't I don't think they're really interested in doing that. But I do think there is a, a move out there. And I think you can also be a part of that Katie trade as a as, as a facilitator and, and get a guy back. And I think something like that is going to happen because Nico's also shown that he's pretty pragmatic with his trades. All the trades he does are, have been things that are fairly responsible and nothing out of the blue. And so I would I would expect another kind of lateral move like that to just get them one more rotation player and kind of condense um, their roster. Well, I think there's one more thing I can say. This has been a very strange podcast. <laughs> Why would 77 Minutes do that? You really have to be a Mavericks fan to know that they're the only podcast on the internet. And on that note, we'll see you next week. You play Fortnite just like me. I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future. The future is Luke, a big dick Donjic from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you have? Don't fight the future, it tears me apart. Don't fight the future, please be nice to Luca. Future four time MVP. Oh my god! Oh! Shut it down! Let's go home! It's a wrap, Doug! That is a wrap. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.